0: On this episode of The Playbook, I have the one, the only, American Idols, Randy Jackson, the bassist, producer, music executive, and entrepreneur, and we are having a deep discussion about authenticity and how it sells. Also, understanding the needs and wants that lead to personal satisfaction. Join us for all of this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook. For each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host and CEO of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. This day Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs The Playbook. I am ecstatic to be here with someone who I've met, watch from afar and up close and truly, I consider you a modern day mentor, not only to me, but so many people I know. Randy Jackson, entrepreneur, unbelievable superstar. Appreciate
1: it, Dave, thanks, man. You
0: know, I called you an entrepreneur because if I really went through all the different listings of what you've done from the music career to the TV career to the production entrepreneur, VC career, we'd be here forever. (laughs) But I I really wanna get to your playbook to success because you're someone no matter What you have done, you somehow rise to the top, like the cream of the top of the cream. And you started at 13 just as a musician in Louisiana.
1: Yeah. Right. In the deep south.
0: Company in the deep south. Yeah. I love to get the perspective of a 13-year-old of what you thought you were going to be.
1: You know, as a 13-year-old in Louisiana, you know, you think that... um, Am I ever going to get out of here? What are my dreams? What do I want to do? And it's funny for me when I think back about it now, I guess I was an entrepreneur even as a kid because I was playing sports. I was in a bunch of bands. I was in the orchestra. I was playing football and I was in the marching band, which you could, because the marching band plays for the football team. But so, I mean, I was doing a lot of things even then because I was one of those kids that I would just soak up and sponge everything that I heard and i guess i was kind of wide-eyed and interested in a lot of things but i didn't realize that until i got older how to do it and how to make things manifest so one of the good things about growing up in louisiana i know you went to tulane there bless you he's a louisiana boy anyway That's right at heart um you learn the word authentic so that's a big thing on the music side they go like yeah, I know that's what you're doing, but is that really you, Dave? Rather
0: right, like than George Porter.
1: <laughs> right, right. Because Dave, they don't right. believe you because, you know, people want to do a lot of things and people lie and they fantasize and do shit. But is that really you? So that was one of the things. The other thing that really occurred to me when I was younger and I didn't know what this meant is I always felt like, okay, let me try and do this. Let me do the best that I can. Let me try and be the best I can at it. And then go, you know what? I'm satisfied with that. What's next? So what's next has always been a big thing of mine. And then there was a song around 1718 that came out. Um, it was a Donnie Hathaway song, actually. Um, and one of the lines in it was basically essentially the way I took it, was essentially evolution of the man. We're evolving continuously. At every age, no matter what age, I've done this. What's next still? What's driving you? That keep pushing you. you hear people say the phrase that, listen, uh, I'll sleep when I'm dead, I'll, <laughs> I'll never stop pushing because you're always interested and curious, at least I am, in things and what's gonna help people, what can inform people, what can inspire people because that's really what the life of a music man really is. You know, those lyrics, you become the poet for the people and you wanna inspire people and have them aspire to see where they could go to. Like, you know, for every star that you love, I don't know what music you really love, but you go, that guy did it. If you're a Springsteen fan, Bruce yeah. did it, wow. That guy came from nobody, There's probably five people in the bar when he first played, and now he's playing the stadiums with 100,000 people. So, even when we were doing Idol to me, I would say to people, what's Idol like? i I'd say, well listen, it's like the Rocky story set to music. Can The Butcher, as unbelievable as that scene beat the champ. Against all odds, bro. That's awesome. So I always do that, and I've always been interested in a lot of things. in music, other than the art form itself of writing, producing, performing, it is seriously a business. So in order to really ascend and excel in it, you have to really figure out what the business is. Cause you know, you don't trust many people. I'm kind of like that now. Everyone's guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> Sorry, it's just what, <laughs> that's what I've learned. Um, but you know, what do you, what do you do? You know what I mean? What, what what do you want to do and what do you know about business? So you're always relying on other people if they're telling you the truth or not. So once again, is that person authentic? Or are they just lying to me and they have different agendas. So I Started to learn a lot about the business, everything that I could, because then I could protect the art that I was creating or managing or helping to create. And one of the things I never thought I'd do after my journey days is I became an A&R guy for 20 years in Corporate Record Company America. One of the things that it really helped me is I was in the business, so I have to now understand the business. So, right, somebody goes, well, I don't like that song sorry uh there's 20 million people that love it and they're buying it so i'm happy you don't like it but we're killing it over here so a lesson i was trying to become a producer this is like in the 80s i was working on a record with the late great tom Dowd, who had done he was there part of the atlantic records years with aretha with uh ray charles um you know rod stewart he making all these records so I was doing a session up in the Bay Area in San Francisco. I was living at the time with him. And he says, so I hear you want to be a record producer. And I go, yeah. So he says, "Um, you're one of those music school guys. I go, well, yeah, you know, I went to music school. And musician, you know, (laughs) you played a lot of jazz. Yeah, I played jazz. And you did all this jazz fusion stuff. So he says, yeah, you know a lot of notes, I'll bet. I go, well, yeah, you know, I wasn't thinking it was a diss or whatever, but it's just (laughs) real. He says, OK, pick up the Billboard magazine. I go, okay, cool. He says, what do you like in the top 10? No. What do you like in the top 20? I look at it and I go, eh, you know, some of this stuff is cool, man. I don't know. You know, it's all right. You know what I mean? He says, that's exactly the answer that I thought you'd give. I go, wow. Uh, what do you mean? He says, well, the first lesson I'm going to teach you as a producer, you've got to figure out why those songs are resonating with people, why they are loving that, and how to apply that to what you're doing. Forget whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not is immaterial here. That's that's the back part.
0: Yeah, he wanted you to pick number one. Exactly.
1: <laughs> if you're a business person and you love Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos or whatever, what did they do? What are they doing that you can apply to your own life? So, because those guys have done it and made it quadruple times. So, That's the thing to study, to aspire. So that's what happened to me early on as a producer because I had to really figure out the business because people all have likes, you know, people like this, I don't like that. People love this, I hate that. But the opinions, everyone's got one. But where's the majority of the opinions in the business sense? So funny thing in the record business, my first two weeks on the job at Columbia Records, I was like, okay, I got it now, I think. All of these people love this record. Five people hate it. 10 million people love it. I'm going with the 10 million. Forget being this artist, this artistic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why is it resonating with people? Like, why am I listening to the haters that are few in number and not really paying attention to what's working? So learning to pay attention to what's worked and continue building on that.
0: Yeah, and that frequency holds even more true today as you amplify it with social media and 4.2 billion people that can access data, IP, music, in other words, right? That's what it is at just a mass level. One of the interesting things as I look through your career though, that most people have a huge struggle with is you've been successful in so many of the most competitive, challenging industries that have one word in common, with a high percentage of of failure, and that's, you hear no a lot. So you must have an extraordinary philosophy about handling no, because I imagine, you know, besides me looking how I am and loving women. <laughs> you
1: look good, man. Hey, 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 come said, on, dude. People ask me why I'm successful, I say, because <laughs>
0: I'm an expert at taking no. Like, I literally see no as, you know, I'm this much closer to a yes, right? I, Joel Osteen said, pretend like you're 25 no's away from your yes, you'll love getting no.
1: Well, how did you handle so many no's in your life? Love Joel Osteen. Listen, that's the truth right there to me. If you feel something in your gut, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. So what most people do is they give up early. You have to keep towing the line, keep towing the line because I truly believe God, the universe, everything will allow that to happen when they really believe that's what you want because I think people pray every day about all sorts of nonsense. I want a new jacket. I want a new car. I need a new it, house. I, I need more chicks. I need more dudes. I need more money, whatever, whatever. But is that really what you need or is that just what you want? So a big thing for me in life is that an old blues player that was playing with the great Clanscape, Math Brown said this to me, one of these days, and it just was so great for me to hear one of these days, You're going to learn to want what you need as opposed to need what you want. Thank you. So I say to people all the time, today you want chicken, tomorrow to be beef, tonight you may want sushi, I don't know, pasta, pizza. I mean, that want thing, like I have this whole thing about buying houses, buying cars, buying whatever. I bought the black one. God, you know, what? six months, I should have gotten a white one. Maybe I want the red one. So this is just fueling the game of you just being a buyer of stuff it's not really satisfying anything because it's not what you need. Ah, so are we getting what we need in that relationship? Are we getting what we need in that business relationship? Are we getting what we need in our lives? Are we really getting what we need to help us live our best life? Or are we just wanting and wanting and wanting, putting a Band-Aid on what we need as opposed to getting what you need?
0: I love that because my philosophy of happiness is enjoying, right, learning, to consistently, every day, persistently, without quit, pursue your potential, right? And that potential can change, right. like you said. But what I loved about Idol, and you know, even our friend Ron Deshay had this conversation, he yeah, yeah. said, you're testing faith, right? Because in order to get in, even in front of you at first, you have to have so much faith. You have to vote for yourself so many times to stand in lines and go to the tryouts and then go to the auditions, and it, all the way up to the fact where you have a Rocky at the end, right. just, you could knock them down 16 times. They're still going to get up. They're still going to get up. Every single one of them. And that's why people love them.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because I say to people all the time, they look at me like I'm crazy. I am a little bit crazy sometimes. <laughs> me too. I'll admit it. But I know it's not really the story of music as much as it was the story of the perseverance of spirit, that faith. So do I believe am I going to get this? Whether you judges allow me to get it, you, Randy, Paula, Simon, or am I going to get it regardless? You have to have that stealth attitude that I'm going to get it regardless. But I put a little caveat there. The other thing is, is that don't be fooled by the ego. Don't be fooled by the fantasy. Only be fooled by the authentic, real truth. Am I as good as I think I am? If not, get better but really be completely honest with yourself and get honest with yourself because i say this to every artist i meet that wants to have a management deal with me or whatever i say listen there's who you think you are there's who you think you want to be i only want to mess with who you really are if you're ready to sell who you really are i'm in because people believe and they buy authenticity they don't know that's what they buy when they listen to the radio they're buying something because they really believe it it could not even be something that they like but they go, wow, they really meant that, my man. Same thing
0: as you transition into the entrepreneurial world about economics. I talk about the authenticity of a deal as the quantitative value, right? right? Subjective value is you learned as you got into the music industry, there's a lot of subjective value from one to 20, but somewhere along the line, there was a quantitative value of 10 million people, you know, love and are inspired by the song and are willing to write and take their money to go buy it. right? that quantitative value i believe is a form of authenticity that people so much of the time are drawn into bad business deals yeah uh, in both of us any entrepreneur in the world no matter how great we are i promise <laughs> you you've been in a bad deal before, a, lot them, a lot of them a lot of them but they taught me right which makes that's a quantitative value yeah right isn't it what do you look for now with all that wealth of experience not only in the industries that you've been in but more importantly now as an entrepreneur, what, what are the things that you look for in a good deal?
1: Well, the things that I look for in a good deal is, is it really a good deal? First and foremost, is it working? Do I think it's gonna work? Can it scale from where it is? And first thing I say to myself, why does this need me? Why isn't it happening without me? It yeah. <laughs> like just guttural, real bottom line. So if they have to come to me and I'm one, listen, I think I'm a lord. I think I'm great. I think I'm amazing. My great say, but you yeah, know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Why are they coming to me? They must've gone to another hundred people. Uh, <laughs> so if they're coming to me, has everyone else said no? Why did they say no? I mean, these are smart people that can possibly see what I see, I'm sure. Why didn't they take the bite and get in? So I always think about that. I think about that when I see acts. I think about that when I see business opportunities. And one of the things I learned doing A&R, it's not a negative thing, it's just an honest thing. I approach things, well, what's wrong with it? And do I know how to fix it? Or do I know who to call to help me to fix it? If not, I go, I don't know if this is for me because I don't really know enough about it. You know what I mean? I don't know and how I can
0: help. And in, in that respect, too, there's certain things that we know more about. I call it, you know, the situational knowledge or subtlety of success. So me, for example, working in the sports industry for so long, I understand. Doing it software, greatly, I might but add. Yeah. Thanks. But there's subtleties that I see that other people never would know. And it's 35 right. years of dummy tax that I paid. <laughs> but and so I will look. Are there certain instances where you see a business opportunity that the 100 people before you just missed it? Because you have this experience.
1: Uh, I've been there. I've also been to the place where I missed some things that I just, didn't know enough about and I was just too stupid to do and take the chance on. Like when
0: Tim Draper passed up Netflix.
1: (laughs) Yeah, listen. Because he's one of the smartest
0: entrepreneurs I know. But he's like, yeah, I thought Netflix was a bad idea.
1: (laughs) Well, the jury's still out on that one because I'm not sure if they're making money. I don't know what's going on with that (laughs) one. And I hear the debt's not due until 2024. So we don't really know. This guy
0: knows his game. No, 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 no. I like that.
1: We don't really know. We don't see any numbers of the success. So we don't really know. You know what I mean? It's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but you know, the nose helped me more than the yeses ever did. So, because the nose taught me, why didn't they get it? Why didn't they see it? So it also taught me the things that I passed up on. Why did I pass up? Why didn't I see it? What didn't I know? What do I need to now learn? So it cuts both ways for me. I mean, a lot of things that I saw that no one else saw and I remember, People would come up to me and say, God, how did you see that? I didn't really even think, because I think, you know, being, uh, growing up as a musician myself, having to hone my own craft and get good enough where people would pay attention, I must've played a million bars for a dollar before I made $10. <laughs> yeah. So, but I look at that graciously now because, and humbly because it taught me, how do I get David to pay attention? I'm playing this music, I think I'm great. You know, look at me. So that helps you to get better. So when I see things that have potential, it's that thing though. Do I know how to do this? Do I know how to make this scale? Do I know who to call if I can't do it? If I don't know. Am I smart enough, Have I have enough wisdom yet to really help maximize this? Interesting. I,
0: I actually, believe it or not, played college football in- Get down, what position? At a corner and punt returner. I could run scared really fast. Get down. <laughs> but I, I practice because I wasn't born with great talent, right. but I love football. So I practice like you love music and football, but you, there's an amount of practice that it takes place. And I always say the biggest gift I've been given is I'm hyper-focused when I want something. I continually practice. I'm 51 years old. When I want something, I take the same type of attitude of, I gotta practice this. Right. And I see the same habit machine and Randy Jackson, that here you are, just the fact that you you were describing Netflix, you are more interested than interesting, and you spend hours and hours with no applause. I always say they laugh at you, (laughs) they laugh at you, they snicker at you, they snirk at you before they applaud you. Of course. And that's true in business. Do you still practice your trade?
1: I still practice every day. And if I didn't practice, I think I'd go crazy because it's the thing that started me. So you never want to lose your center. That's what I know best. I mean, all the other stuff is just a gift, right? It's just, thank God, so happy, humble, compassionate about everything. I mean, just, it's a gift to me. So that center is what brought me to the dance. So you hear the saying, you never want to lose what brought you to the dance. If you lose that, it's going to be trouble. And you know, it's funny you say this about the sports thing, about you weren't the best, but you worked hard. In this very office we're sitting in, four months ago, I sat here with Terrell Lawrence, with T.O. Yeah he said the same thing. He says, I was from a small college. I wasn't this guy, I wasn't Jerry Rice, I wasn't it. I, but I worked and worked and worked because that work ethic usually pays off. But also, if you think you know everything, just remember, you don't. For sure. And by the way, learn what you don't know and listen. If somebody says, "Hey, David. Hey, Randy. You know what you guys need to work on?" Uh, we we'll go what? And they say it. We could be turned off by. We could be pissed off and say that hey, guy's full or whatever. But we go, you know what? Got a point. We need to work on that. So let's work on it.
0: That's awesome. L- last question is: We run out of time. You're like me, right? We are yes people. How? We're people.
1: young. We're beautiful, beautiful. We're hot. Young, smart yeah, man. Smart.
0: Whatever. Whatever. Worlds that just at our hands, but we are. Opportunist, meaning that you know, you said since the time you were a little boy, you tried to do everything. Right. You're the only person I do know that was in the marching band and on the football team. That's incredible.
1: Well, because I love music and that was the only outlet that in the classical thing. And it's, you know, what are you gonna it's do? It's amazing.
0: With that attitude though, comes a challenge of balance, right? When we try to take on too much. One of the things that really would help entrepreneurs because they do, they get hyper-focused and they're willing to invest in themselves. They call it sacrifice. I call it investing in yourself. What advice would you give to have balance in your life, even though you have so much going on, how would you keep that balance or do you keep that balance?
1: One step at a time. First music, get good enough, that you get somebody's attention, get good enough that you get a lot of people's attention, get good enough at one thing. Keep that the central focus before moving on. You could want to do 50 things, but if you don't have the one down, you get no credits. So because people are going like, you ain't even done that, you've been trying to do that, so why do I care? So people like me will go like, why does this thing need me? It's not even good at what it says it is. If you're great at what it says it is, that's why. The sports guys can all become entrepreneurs. The musicians can become entrepreneurs. Jay Z, Puffy, whatever. You have now really maximized one thing and you've reached the pinnacle of that. Now we can go on to number two. We get that. We can go on to number three. It's really, really in order and it's really, really in laser focus and laser commitment to that focus. Because everybody, like me, you, everybody else, or watching to see if you're really doing that because they can tell like if you're bullshit.
0: Right. Yeah, which is an inherent uh, craft that I was born with. I call it called a quantum memory that <laughs> right. I was born from a long lineage of oversellers, back end sellers, manipulators, and liars. Until I became radically humble and honest about it, I couldn't make the change, and that has built a brand for me. I, I I listen to you and I go, gosh, people ask me all the time, can you help me get on big stages? Can right. you, can, I, you know, I have my own my own business show. I have my, my podcast. And yet they think I'm an overnight success. What about the 35 <laughs> years that I've tried just to do one thing really well, right? I just tried to do one thing really well.
1: Everybody's been there. The Beatles, five years before they ever made it. I mean, one of the greatest songwriter bands, groups in the history of music. You know, everybody's struggling. I'm sure Motown in the early days wasn't easy. So none of it's easy. I mean, listen, I I played a million bars, if not more. <laughs> before anybody even paid attention, gave me $10. Yeah. So, you definitely got to grind it before you get it but we live in hollywood so there's a phrase that goes around hollywood that i feel like is too liberally used fake it before you make it Eh, and these skill activities can't fake it can't fake and be a world champion quarterback yeah can't fake and become KD lebron (laughs) you can't fake and be bono or prince or Jay Z or whomever you love. Or Randy Jackson. Yeah, you, yeah, or Dave <laughs> or Dave Meltzer. You can't fake and become that. So if you're just trying to be famous, you maybe can fake that yeah and hire great publicists and pay them all the money that they deserve for creating you, but it's not going to be real and it won't last. Yeah,
0: if you want to open gifts on the internet.
1: You can, you can fake
0: it, get a good right. publicist, though. Well, this has been extraordinary for, for me and I'm sure for everybody here listening and watching. We have the unbelievable Randy Jackson, entrepreneur, musician, producer, uh, venture capitalist. The list will go on and on. But most importantly, what I've learned from this most of all is how radically humble you are and centered you are and how important that is in your life. And for everyone else out there, I think it's an important lesson to take away. Randy Jackson, Dave Meltzer.
1: Thank you, brother. One of the best. Stay blessed. Stay blessed. You too.
0: Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your
1: favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.